Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukwa, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another Core Parenting Conversation podcast, and we are in the midst of the Behavior Bites series. This is a series I did back in October where we just tackle really common questions that I get about common early childhood behaviors, and we do a quick little dive into them. I like to keep them short and sweet. They're bite-sized informational sessions that explain the reasoning typically we see that drive some common, frustrating, challenging behavior, and then give you a few strategies to try and respond in a helpful way to your child. And today we're going to talk about a common situation that can come up between siblings or peers in early childhood, and that is competitiveness. And This question has come up in different contexts in the core membership with people asking specifically, they just turn everything into a competition with their sibling all the way to they're saying hurtful things when they win or when they're trying to be competitive, whether it be with a sibling or a peer. So how do we stop this? The first thing I want to say is that competitiveness is really typical for this age and stage of development. So late preschool, early elementary schoolers, because what's happening is they're really shifting into more social awareness. What that means is they go from being egocentric, so just totally engrossed in themselves and learning about themselves, developing that sense of self, which is really, really important and an important early childhood stage to becoming more socially aware of others. And wow, that is just starting to happen. What can happen is naturally comparison. So I'm taller than them. I'm faster than them. And those comparisons can then also coincide with now they're starting to become more socially interactive in their play. And so they're playing more organized games or games with rules, typically around ages five and six is when this can really ramp up, but certainly younger than that. And so now there's new points of comparison for them to have. And what can quickly happen then is you get this competitive spirit or competitive drive, which will vary from child to child, right? A lot of this has to do with their own temperament, their own personalities, their own tendencies and likes and dislikes. Some children gravitate more towards outward competitiveness. So that might be, you know, I'm faster than you, I'm stronger than you, I'm better than you, I won, nana, nana, boo, boo. 
uh, can also be very internally competitive, which we can see a lot of high pressure, perfectionistic tendencies in children as well. When adults start noticing this tendency, this idea of becoming more competitive, Oftentimes, we start trying to shut it down, shy away from it. You know, it's not about who wins or loses. It's about, did we have fun? It's not nice when you say that or we start launching into lectures about sportsmanship and practicing good sportsmanship. And none of those things are necessarily bad, okay? I don't want to deter conversations about sportsmanship or how there's an experience beyond just winning when we play a game. But I think it's also really important to acknowledge that winning is a goal of playing games. That is an aspect that especially some children have a high drive towards. And it can be an attribute, you know, having a competitive edge or fierce goal setting or a strong drive or a strong passion. Those are all attributes that we can foster in our children. Kind of rub, right? The dark side of this can also be, well, it can be really hurtful when we get overly competitive, when we rub something in someone else's face, when we couple our accomplishments, I won with put downs, you lose, you're a loser, I'm the winner, ha ha. And then we get that hurtful side of it. Well, here's the thing. Remember, this is a new experience for our children. They're just coming into awareness of comparing themselves to others. They're just learning rules, learning how to play games. They feel it it might be a new, exciting experience for them. And so helping them understand the experience, understand the process, and channeling that and facilitating perspective taking is what we want to focus on. So that's what we're going to talk about in today's podcast is how do we do all of those things? And remember that perspective taking and this awareness of others, awareness of ourselves, emotional regulation when they get really excited about winning, all of those things are still developing skills. So we may say, you know, we've had daily conversations with them for weeks and they're still not getting it right because we can't rush development. This takes time and practice and consistency. So we're going to go through these things. I'm going to give you some tools, give you some different strategies to use, and also acknowledge that a lot of this is time, maturity, and brain development. So stay the course, stay consistent, and remind yourself of those things. All right, let's first start about shutting them down versus getting curious. So when they get excited about winning or when they're super focused about winning, when they have a hard, really hard time losing, instead of trying to shut them down or remind them that it's not about win or lose, it's the fun of the game or playing with other people, ask them, what do you like about winning? What's fun for you when you win? What does it feel like when you win? Is winning like the most awesome thing ever, like a super duper fun day, or is it just kind of cool, a little bit of fun? You could use your hands for really young kids. Is it like this fun, like so much fun, it fills up the whole room, or is it just itty bitty fun? And I'm holding up, you can't see, I'm holding up my two fingers very close together. Let them explain that to you or acknowledge you did win right? Because now we're modeling a more 
regulated way of sharing in that excitement and acknowledging it. You did win. What did you like about that game? And we're helping them understand their experience of the game, of what they liked about it, of what makes it exciting. What did you do to win? Or how did you think of that? You can also focus on the effort or the growth or the new skill development. Wow, remember when you were just learning how to play that? Or remember the first time you tried to kick a ball in the goal or the first time you were trying to run around the track and you you couldn't even make it around? But you worked and you were building, you've practiced your kick, you've practiced this game, you've studied the rules, and now look at you, you're winning the game. So now we're really shifting from the end product to you won to that growth and development, how hard they've worked, right? That growth mindset and acknowledging that this is practice and this is progress and there's always room to grow here. And these simple reminders really allow and invite the conversations about celebrating the different aspects of the game. We can celebrate winning, absolutely. And we're going to talk about how to direct that into kinder, better sportsmanship ways, maybe not so put downy with other children, okay? But we also want to acknowledge the, the different parts of the game and different aspects of trying hard, learning and practicing new skills, getting better each time, learning from our mistakes, And yes, part of it is having fun, working together, being with friends, being a part of a community, serving part of the community. And how do we do those things? How do we highlight those different aspects of playing the game, different skills that our children are learning and practicing? How are they getting better each time? A lot of this is building that self-awareness and awareness of themselves within the context of that experience. And one of my favorite tools for doing this is just narrating, is just noticing the child's experience while it's happening or shortly after it happens or while they're telling you about it. So that goes back to the example of, oh my gosh, you did, you kicked that ball and it went where you were aiming. Wow, that takes a lot of practice. You've worked really hard to be able to aim the soccer ball. Or little things like when you start playing card games, maybe Uno with children, or recently my children were playing war with their great-grandmother. If you've tried the Instagram parenting tips and tricks to gain connection and cooperation with your child and it's still not working, or maybe you just want to grow your parenting toolbox or grow your own personal skill set. If you feel confused about how to respond to some of your child's bigger behavior, or maybe you need the encouragement and accountability to make the changes you know you and your family need, CORE offers the weekly support and tools to make these powerful shifts within a supportive, uplifting community. We talk about real-life parenting, not the neat and clean two-dimensional examples given on social media. You can learn more about my core membership program by heading to www.kayleekukla.com backslash core. It's a month to month membership. You can cancel it at any time, no strings attached, and it's meant to be on demand parenting support. So you can access it when it's needed and when it's convenient for you. The link is in the show notes to learn more. And now back to this core conversation with Kaylee. 
And it was so interesting to me because my five-year-old was really struggling. I'll just share this experience because I think it really highlights sometimes how we assign emotional things to, to behaviors that are really developmentally driven. So he was having a really difficult time when he would win a pile, for example, in war. So he would put a queen down and let's say the queen beat the other card of a nine, okay? And he would pick them up. The cards were physically kind of difficult for his hands to hold. And so what he'd end up doing is he would put the cards that he just picked up, he just won on top of his deck. Well, then he was quickly accused by his older brother and his great-grandmother of cheating. (laughs) You know, I watched this happen a few times. He wasn't meaning to cheat. Of course, he quickly caught on that, oh, if he had the winning hand that time and he quickly recycled that card, he won again. And so it became very exciting very quickly for him. But then I started explaining, you know, the card goes on the bottom. Well, then he started trying to take the card from the bottom because why not? I know this is a winning card, right? So then I explained it goes on the bottom and you pull from the top. And that's how we keep recycling the cards and keeping it, you know, fair and easy to follow. Well, he struggled with this in the beginning and I had to, you know, keep prompting and reminding and and helping him kind of figure it out, mostly because it was a very difficult thing to switch from taking from the top to putting on the bottom physically for his hands. Eventually he got it and then I got to notice, I got to narrate, wow, that's really tricky to hold all those cards and remember where they go. And you practiced it for a whole game and now you know what to do. Look at you. You learned a new card game. So keeping it really neutral, celebrating his success. Do I remember if he won or lost that game? I have no idea. I don't even think they finished the game, quite honestly, because like war is typically the game that never ends if you've ever played that card game before. But celebrating that progress, celebrating that new skill, noticing it also highlights the value of the game beyond winning. So is winning still exciting? Yes, he would get excited every time he won a hand during the game. And also there's more things to celebrate. There's more to get out of playing than just winning. But we certainly don't have to negate the the excitement around winning to uplift these other experiences that we can really uplift and highlight just by simply narrating and noticing them with our children to build their awareness around them. The other skill or tool that I like to use is do it myself. So find things my children can teach me. Another example is we're visiting cousins. My nine-year-old cousin, cousin's daughter, I guess, was teaching us how to play a new game that I had never played before. And my boys got to watch me struggle, make mistakes, not win, get my booty kicked by you know, other kids and narrate, wow, this is a new game. I'm learning so much more. And this is so fun to watch everybody play together. So these are what I call think alouds. And we can use think alouds if we ourselves are working through the experience. Okay, and the last proactive support that I generally use for children, actually there's two more, I'll do two more, that I generally use for children is highlighting their growth over the past few years of their life. So if they're talking about how fast they can run, mom, look at me, look how fast I can go. I'm going to celebrate that with them because they're really proud of that. And again, feeling 
proud is not a bad thing. We can channel that and make sure that our children aren't necessarily putting all of their self-worth like I am the fastest and that's what makes me worthy, right? Because we're celebrating with them in their accomplishment and their feeling. And I may highlight their growth over the last six years of, oh my gosh, I can't even believe you're running so fast. I remember when you were just learning how to walk. Wow. Look what just a few years of practicing and learning and growing and getting stronger can do. You're so fast now. You used to just fall down and bump your bottom and now you're sprinting across the field. Holy smokes, I can't even believe how big you are. Kids love hearing about that. They love hearing about themselves when they were babies and they love hearing about how much they've grown. And this also helps them understand other children, younger children. So if you've got a sibling dynamic, where maybe the older sibling might put down the younger sibling. Oh, you're such a baby. You can't even do that. Eh. Oh, I remember last year when you were learning how to do that. And now it's your sister's turn to learn how to do that. Oh my gosh, isn't that amazing how we just keep growing and learning and doing new skills and now she's learning that and you're learning this. Instead of just automatically shutting it down, we can help them expand their perspective-taking ability. Remember, that is a developing skill here. So the more we can kind of paint that picture and scaffold that skill, explain that skill and make it really concrete for them, the more able they are to practice it and actually apply it instead of just focusing on the put-down. Because remember, they're starting to compare. And yeah, in their mind... Kids who can't read are babies because they can read and they're not a baby anymore. But then what happens is when they say something like, you're such a baby, you don't even know how to do that. That's really hurtful language. And the younger, I'm just saying, it's usually the younger sibling in this circumstance, the younger sibling can start feeling hurt by that. So we can highlight that growth and use it proactively. We can also front load in situations. So front-loading in terms of like a game might sound like something, um, okay, we're playing this game and there's three of, three of us and we know only one person can win. Wow, who likes winning here? Oh, look, everybody likes winning. Who wants to win this game? Oh, everybody wants to win. But how many winners are we going to have? One. So what is something the winner can say if they feel proud that they won, if they're excited that they won? Woohoo, I won. Or wow, that was so much fun. Or man, I love to win. Or just a simple thank you for playing. Right? So we're front loading, we're tickling that prefrontal cortex, we're kind of setting them up for what to say that is still excited, still, still celebrating, but not putting others down. Hey, how might it feel? This is again front loading. How might it feel? If you say something like, ha ha, I won, you lost. Like what happens if I win and I say that to you? Would you like it if I said that to you? Mm, No, probably not, right? It'd probably feel hurtful. It's probably unkind. What's something we can say if we win to other people to show good sportsmanship? Assuming you've talked about good sportsmanship before, right? So those are some ways we can practice. And again, just because we practice it, just because we're front-loading 
does not guarantee our child will have this reaction or be able to recall this information because that brain development is still happening. Perspective taking is not a default setting. Emotional regulation may go offline if they get really upset they lost. All of these situations or if they get really excited that they won. But we're practicing these skills to scaffold that development in the meantime. You can also have these conversations after the fact. Maybe they do get carried away. Maybe they do have a hard time. You can circle back to them outside of the heat of the moment and reflect on what happened, either in casual conversation. Hey, remember when we played Uno and carry on with the the scenario, just remind them enough so that then you can really focus on what could be helpful for next time. You can also practice and role play with action figures, teddy bears, stuffed animals, figurines, Lego men, whatever, dolls, and practice maybe having a (laughs) teasing kind of character and give your child a chance to respond or vice versa in that game to just, again, we're practicing, we're building these skills, and we're teaching and guiding with developmentally appropriate expectation and understanding. So there you have it, a little window into why is my child so competitive and how I can respond because this is a really common behavior that we see starting in those preschool through early elementary years. If this Behavior Bite episode was helpful to you, remember you can leave a review, a rating, or share it with a friend. All of those things help spread the message of conscious, intentional parenting, which is what I deeply believe can change the world, one parent, one child, one family at a time. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure you tune in on Wednesday. Remember, the Behavior Bite series has double episodes. So you will have another one here waiting for you on Monday and Wednesday for the month of April. Be well, take care, and have a wonderful week.